is the NBC Television Network. Isn't it great to hear that theme again? How many times have we used to hear that theme throughout the 80s? With all the wacky noises and everything. And the do, do, do. Oh, I get it. Uh, a little bit of Mike Post, Pete Carpenter stuff. Good times, good times. No, you don't know what that is, I think. I think most people might not know what that is. That's, that is the theme from The Last Precinct. And I am Dan, Dan Budnick, and this is a mini-sode for my podcast, The Fancy Super Train. When we hit actual proper TV movies that uh, aired in and around the shows we're going to talk about, those become mini-sodes. So on January 26th, 1986, right after the Super Bowl, and I'm just having a look here to see, oh, that was the year, oh, the Chicago Bears won. Wow, beat the Patriots 46-10. to at the Louisiana Superdome, I remember that. Gosh, that was that was the big uh, that was a big crazy Chicago Bears here. Wow, yeah, that was the year uh, Ditka and um, McMahon. I want to say Ed, but that's not right. And the fridge. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was a big that was a big year. I remember that. That would have been uh, that was there was a time period there, sort of in the second half ish of the eighties where we would go to my Uncle Mike and my Aunt Lynette's house in Irondequoit, New York, not too far from Lake Ontario and Seabreeze, if you know the area. And we would go there, and uh, they had a pool table in the basement, and they, had, uh, we were, they would invite all the whole family over. And they had a playing upstairs. You could sit around at the TV trays and, and um, enjoy it there, or you could go down in the basement. And they had a pool table, and they had a bar. They had one of those great, like... Um, angel little kid statues that pisses at you 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 know that you know it you know that kind of fun you can imagine exactly the sort of room that we would watch these games in if you know what the 1986 basement with a pool table and a pissing statue bar had in it and i remember very clear being excited about last precinct because i was a police academy fan um I had not seen Police Squad at this point. I think I was about to see Police Squad, but I was a Police Academy fan, so I was excited about it. I don't remember if I saw it right then. 
I can imagine some of my family members being interested and then some of them probably about a half an hour and going, turn this off, turn this off. But I, I recorded it and watched it. But yeah, so the, the last precinct, it was a Stephen J. Cannell show. Uh, well, I'm sorry, it's Stephen J. Cannell and uh, Frank Lupo, who was his partner on a bunch of shows. This was around the time of Riptide and Hardcastle McCormick, uh, Hunter was going strong and crazy as was a team and it's funny out of all those shows hunter was the one that lasted the longest I only, i've only seen a few episodes of hunter but and obviously this is the second well maybe not that obviously but this is the second stephen j cannell show we're talking about on here with of course the great cobra dun, 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 uh we talked about so long ago but this is yeah last precinct at january 22nd uh, 26, 1986, and it was a 90-minute TV movie that aired after the Super Bowl, directed by High Averback, uh, created by and written by Stephen J. Cannell, Frank Lupo. I'll just go through some of the cast here. I'm gonna this this mini so does me just talking about the the TV movie, uh, and I'll, I'll talk more about like the actors and such later on in in, in uh, episodes when we actually hit hit episodes proper just because i don't want this to go on for like 45 minutes or not i could i could probably talk as long about this as as the episode lasts but i won't do that so we have who do we have hmm okay well let's start um here let me do this i'm i was gonna go um i was gonna go over to wikipedia but i actually have the episode right here i'm gonna go through the episode and i'm just gonna yell out the names as they come up here we go all right we are cued jonathan perpich as Sergeant Price Pascal, he's our Steve Gutenberg type character. Ernie Hudson as Night Train. Wings Hauser as Lieutenant Hobbs. Uh, let's see. Oh, Randy Brooks as Mel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Rick Dukeman as Raid. Isn't that a fun name? Lucy Lee Flippin as Rena. VJ Amritraj as Alphabet. And let's see. Yana Nirvana as Sergeant Haggerty. Pete Wilcox as. Oh. King, Hank Rolke as Sundance, with Keenan Wynn as Butch, and he has his name in a box, almost the exact type of box that Angie Brown's name is in, in the Don't Go in the Woods credits. So that, to me, is awesome. And Adam West, who also gets his name in a, in a box, as Captain Wright. Uh, and then, whoa, hey, that's I'm just watching the credits here, and um, yeah, they're fun. Uh, so, so, uh, so that's the show, and I'll talk to you later. Oh, I we Chief Bloodhorn is James Cromwell, 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 James Cromwell. So the last precinct, the the basic premise behind this nine minute TV movie is you get uh, it's it's precinct fifty six, which is made up of the worst sort of um, recruits and folks from the police academy. Basically, almost everyone I said there except Wings Hauser. And their um, Wings Hauser leads the sheriff department, which is a very efficient sort of very much. And I'm going to be referencing this a lot, but think of um, uh, Police Academy 3 and uh, think of Mauser's Academy. That would be um, Wings Hauser's, Mauser and Hauser, Wings Hauser's um, group of sheriff folks and uh, uh, Lassard's uh, led by Adam West. This would be the our gang, our sweet gang in the Police Academy movies. So... Uh, the the premises, yeah, that that uh, yeah, this this the fifty six, they're not very good, and um, they, well, the, the whole thing starts off with like a hostage situation at a place called Honey Buns, where um, the the main guy um, 
Who's it's very tough for me to remember his name. Price? I, I guess I'm gonna call him Price. I forget what they call him in this. I just saw. I just called him Steve, like Steve Gutenberg. But I'm gonna call him Price or the main guy. Um, he his girlfriend works at this. It's a roller. They're on roller skates. It's a you know uh, rocking all week with you. You know pulling up to like an Arnold's kind of thing and on roller skates. And uh, yeah, basic guy shows up with an Uzi to rob them, and then the sheriff's department shows up, and then the police guys show up, and there's lots of shooting and craziness, and it's all a good time and actually let me let me play you a little clip right here this is you'll you'll be able to tell wings hauser here basically the guys is is inside holding um the girlfriend and another gal hostage and this is this is the this is the kind of thing that happens you want to see girls alive you do what i say forget it the sheriff's department does not take orders from scuzz balls the police department has a more liberal standing on that what's your offer i want you to bring me a car swing it up here i'll leave not take one of your women you stick your head out here i blow it off we got two models a 74 plymouth and a 77 dodge dart the uh, dodge has had a tune-up at andy granatelli's well i hope you give him a real good rate now you listen to me he is not getting a car this man is contained hobbs he's got an uzi in there no deal Dodge, coming right up. But you gotta let the hostages go. No way! You let those girls go, I'll put one of my men in their place. A cop's worth a lot more than those two girls in there. Which one? Are you looking for a hostage or a date? i bring you car. No tricks. Sundance. You just volunteer. Oh, you're lucky, man. I wish it was me going in there. Your friend out there, you better not try anything smarter. I'll turn you both into extra lean beef patties. Okay, send the girls out. First, you come in here. When I get the car, then you get the girls. You come out here with the girls, and I'll give you the car. When I get the car, then you get the girls. You come out here with the girls, and I'll go inside with the car. What the hell does that do? I don't know. I'm just trying to put this deal together. Who are you, Lee Iacocca? See, he's Gutenbergy. Did you did you get that from that Gutenbergy? It's it's some of the it's. I don't know. I guess we can talk about sort of the humor in this, um, but yeah, there, there's sort of that that strange where they keep yelling back and forth, forth at one another, and it isn't particularly funny. It sounds like two kids yelling back and forth, but then it almost becomes really funny right at the end. Then there's the Lee Iacocca reference, and um, you know, in '86, we all know who Lee Iacocca was just because he had that book out. I'm Lee. Aren't you too, or something like that? What was his book? He had yeah, it was a huge, a huge book out that that everyone enjoyed, and I guess and. I was 13. I, I wasn't reading that. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of the thing that happens. And that's the opening scene they catch this guy. But they really piss off the sheriff department guys because they have all the brand new cars that have the computer voices like, you know, um, uh, you know, your your fender is falling off. Your left door is open. Your passenger's door is open. That kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, and you see the gang and it's this mix of like Steve Gutenberg-ass guy and this kind of crazy fat guy, Rick Dukeman, in a, in a motorcycle and in the sidecar, there's like a crazy um, mannequin. That's what you hear laughing in the opening. It keeps appearing in places and laughing. Uh, and then who else is there? Yeah, you get, um, what is it? Is it Sundance and, and Hutch? and Butch and Sund- Sundance and Hutch. Butch and Sundance who are the two really old guys who should have retired. Now, I'm not sure... I, I, the, the, part of the concept is, yeah, the, the, uh, well, I was going to say part of the concept I thought was that 
this was meant to be like police academy rejects or, or like the worst of the police academy but those two guys have been here for ages so i guess they throw in some of these guys too but you see yeah you see all these different diff, different folks there and um the sheriff obviously doesn't like the police 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 folks and the police folks pick on them and the basic premise behind it is there is a, a gangster a blind gangster and the gangster's name is i believe it's D- Demota, Al Demota, or Demota? I just call him Al. And blind gangster, and he's into drugs big time, and he's a seeing eye dog. And in the there's a scene where they're in a club bar that uh, Al runs, and you got Ernie Hudson is in there, and they uh, they the this guy shoots Ernie Hudson shoots our cop, and they think he's dead, and they wheel him in where Al is, and um. It's it's a it's a, it's a setup to try to find out where they get their drugs from and and so uh, Price and uh, Ernie Hudson and this other gangster well this gangster wind up in the alley and a garbage truck shows up and the the cops knock out the gangster and they discover that the the drugs are sort of dropped from this garbage truck because you think what's a garbage truck doing there in the middle of the night Got dropped from a garbage truck and uh, uh, the Mahoney ripoff Price guy goes into the garbage truck. And he sees what's going on. There's like a fun setup in there, like a couch and things where they distribute the drugs from. But then the sheriff uh, somehow gets involved in the chase and the truck ends up being destroyed and it's problems for everyone, sadly. And what happens the next day is is the... Um, it's a Bloodhorn. Chief Bloodhorn shows up at the place and uh, has a little chat with everyone. The mayor's office thought that this was a good idea. What's happening, Chief? Put all the troublemakers in one precinct, but today ended it. I've had a lot of complaints from the sheriff's office for the past two months, but today, today you interfered with an important drug bust of theirs, allowing a garbage truck containing narcotics to burn and the perpetrators to escape. Excuse me, sir, but uh, that was our bust. I wasn't addressing you, Pascal. Well, it's just that I, I think we have a very defensible position in this matter, sir. Oh? As defensible as that position you had with the police commissioner's daughter that time? Huh, Pascal? Well, she does look older. You know, the way she carries herself and all. Is she still starting college in the spring? Shut up! We are shutting up very smartly. I'm going to recommend to the police commissioner that this unit be decommissioned. You're all going to be brought up on charges and dismissed from the force. You can sue the department for sexual harassment, mister. But incompetence will get you axed. Goodbye, sir. Most good of you to come. May your elephant never find a key to your front door. And so the long and the short of it is the precinct is going to be shut down, so they decide they have to catch um, Al. So the sheriff's department has this uh, great drug-sniffing dog named Waldo, who looks exactly like the seeing-eye dog that Al had and looks exactly like the dog that the precinct, uh, 56 precinct has. The 56 precinct dogs is super lazy and is always sleeping. Through a bunch of chicanery, they are able to switch dogs. So now with the sheriff department, and the sheriff department doesn't know it. So now our gang, the our wacky group in the last precinct, have the drug-sniffing dog, and they storm into a dump that Al owns. They find drugs. They arrest Al. Al's lawyer shows up with the seeing-eye dog uh, to break Al out of there. Alphabet, who is the Indian um, exchange cop, and they... They call him Alphabet because he has a really, really long Indian name, and that's the wacky name they gave him. 
That's not bad. Uh, um, but yeah, he accidentally switches the dogs, so Al goes away with the drug-sniffing dog, and our gang has the... I know, I know. Our gang has his seeing-eye dog. So before they go to court, they have to have Waldo, the drug-sniffing dog, with them to show you know what he does and to help save the day and all that and to show how great a dog, uh, drug-sniffing dog is. So they have to break into Al's house and switch the dogs and um do they don't they yeah they do i i don't know am i spoiling it that you know yeah they do uh but let, let's go on this sort of, here here's what we'll do i like i said i don't want to talk for forever about this i just want to go through the other characters real quick so like i said you have let's see you have captain rick wright that's adam west and he's a slightly bumbling character but he doesn't actually do much in here and it's mostly adam west sort of pulling faces and at the, at the very end there's a moment where we're back at honey buns and craziness is happening again and his car pulls up and he looks at the camera and says like see you next week folks same bad time same bad station not bad channel bad station so then there's uh rick dukum in his raid who's basically kind of a crazy goofy fat guy uh who um yeah with the sidecar with the with the mannequin in it uh, let's see who else. Um, oh, there's oh oh there's Rena who's in charge of the uh, uh, evidence stuff who's in love with Raid. And later on, when they they have to take get some drugs out of there in order to attract Waldo the drug sniffing dog, he goes down there and has sex with her. It's you know it's not as you know it's not as um, graphic as I might make it out right there. But that that's the thing there. She's kind of this sexy spinsterishy kind of lady in in the basement. Uh, then uh, Ernie Hudson is Night Train Sergeant Night Train Lane, and he's like he puts on his disguises. And at one point, him and um, uh, uh, Mahoney there, uh, uh, Sergeant Price Pas- Pascal. I I don't remember what they called him throughout it. That's the problem I'm having. I'm go- I'm gonna call him Price because I I'm just gonna call him Price. Um, yeah, at one point, like him, uh, when 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 they go in to try to take the they they switch the dogs. Uh, Price and Night Train go in and pretend to be two gay guys getting a um uh uh permit for a gay rights um, gay pride parade, and so you get to see um, Night Train do. I guess he's disguises or something like that. At one point, I think he plays guitar. In near the end, I don't know. It's it's he does a lot of stuff. Then you have uh, Mel, Officer Mel Brubaker, played by Randy Brooks. I will just say that that, that the character of Mel is uh, Mel's a transsexual. Mel was the one of their favorite guys. Now is one of their favorite gals. And obviously, if you know who Randy Brooks is, if you've seen say like The Man with Two Brains and Duke, 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 Duke of Oil, Oil, Oil. She's gorgeous. She's a realtor now. You can look her up. I think she's still working. She was working a couple of years ago, uh, but she uh, she is Mel. So she, and that's that's the character there is like she's this absolutely gorgeous gorgeous woman who they are constantly referring to. How you doing, Mel? And Mel's you know Mel still uses the men's locker room, but they they block off an area. Then you get Alphabet, like I said, who's the Indian. Um, sort of exchange guy who's very much like gung-ho come on crime busters let's go do something and uh let's see you get the king the king is an elvis impersonator i you know i guess you 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 know you gotta takes all takes all kinds to make a world but he's an elvis impersonator and he sings quite a bit he sings i fought the law that's the first thing he sings which is a funny joke but isn't an elvis song and then he sings some other stuff near the end then you get oh and the king the, the actor playing the king p wilcox uh he was in a Shadow Chasers episode. I want to say the episode was called The Middle of Somewhere. It's the one where um, two main guys, are Benedict and Jonathan, 
are in a like a plane or in a car or they're in something and it crashes and they think they're in heaven and one of the reasons why they think they're in heaven is because elvis seems to be there and like i said you get butch and sundance the very old guys who can't hear that well they can't drive that well they're a bit they're a bit goofy then serena and then lieutenant hobbs is wings hauser and he's like the um uh he it's nice to see Wings Hauser being goofy. You know, normally I know him for more sort of like crazy or hard-ass kind of roles. It's, it's fun to see him be goofy in this. And uh, then uh, Yana Nirvana is Sergeant Haggerty, who is very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, butch, I guess is the, the uh, phrase I'm going to use there. And Yana Nirvana I know best from um, one of my all-time favorite films, 1978, Brian Tracer Smith's Stunt Rock. She plays the undercover girl... Um, script girl uh, and she's great okay Ron yeah okay Ron and she's very different she's kind of like a mousy kind of giving a little bit of sass back to this jerk director and this she's big and butch and yes sir kind of thing alright so the episode itself it's it's interesting I've always um, I've always considered in the back of my mind when I first watched this when I watched this again for the first time in like I, I like tw- after twenty years when it was originally on, I always thought of it when I rewatched it. I thought of it as like I used to say seventy percent police academy because that's clearly what's trying to emulate. Like thirty percent police squad, um, maybe a little bit less here and there. But I say police squad because there are moments throughout where like when you see the seeing eye dog, suddenly a little thing comes up seeing seeing eye dog and an arrow pointing at it. You know, and then you see Mel's cross legs in a short skirt this used to be a man with an arrow but you know that kind of thing and then like at the last moment of the episode when uh waldo the dog leaps up and sniffs out some drugs right in front of the um the the bench in in the courtroom um i forget exactly what the what what he says oh oh i think i see like a little cartoon or word balloon say like it says dope and then case closed. So they have these moments where they're not... I don't think they would be accessing a police squad because at this point, it had only... I don't... It, it there, there was obviously no Naked Gun. I, I, I think that... Did the VHS tapes come out after Naked Gun? I forget when they came out. But police... I, I think they did because I would have rented them if they had. I watched Police Squad. I've said this earlier on the show. You guys know when I watched. It was sometime in 86. It was on A&E Network. But I knew of Police Squad. Um, now I'm not saying they emulated Police Squad, but I think they could have emulated uh, Zucker Abram Zucker. Definitely. So that's what it was uh watching it this time i had a slightly different feel to it um i would up the ante on the police squad thing maybe even make it like 65 well i was gonna say 60 40 or maybe 65 35 uh police academy police squad and the only reason i say that is not because of the wacky i say that because the thing about Police Academy is Police Academy is descended from Animal House and then, say, from American Graffiti. And these are generally, Police Academies generally, apart from five and six and some of seven, but, like, the first four Police Academies, the the really big ones, or I love six, that's one of my favorites, but, but, but like, the first four Police Academies, with the one first one being the huge hit... They're, they're basically, they're not plotless, but what they are is it's, they're an ensemble comedy where you get like, in Police Academy, when you watch it, you have like, what, eight, ten main characters all doing their things, going to this place, going to that place, and then it all culminates in the big sequence in the end with a riot, and, but, but it's not about the, the, the riot, 
you know like police academy six is about these three criminals and this mastermind who are wrecking havoc on the city and they have to stop them that's that's the through line there but the first four don't have that i mean three has one of these academies is going to close down and two you see the gang throughout but police squad based on the shows it's based on the m squad it's very specifically like here's the story here's what's happening we're going after this and that's what the last precinct is like i remember it being more freeform when i watched it but you get that opening like maybe 12 13 minutes something like that in uh, at the at the honey buns that kind of sets things up and then the next 15 minutes are the scene in the club uh with with night train and uh faux gutenberg and um peter pat i never remember the price and with them and, and Al and the here let, let me play here's here's a little sample of of what's going on here so th- let me play this so they go to the back room and they have Price covered with a sheet and they they roll him up to Al and Night Train is there and there's a mobster guy there and Al is sitting there blind guy with his dog next to him and he sort of takes the sheet off the top of the um, what he thinks is food and kind of reaches and grabs Price's face. Somebody forgot to shave this pot roast. Oh, it's a cop. A dead cop. Never had a dead cop before. What kind of sauce you using? <laughs> this guy shot him in the bar. It's the cop that's been causing us all that trouble. Who did us this grave and wonderful favor? This guy Paisley eyed something or other. The lion of devastation. The black devil. No kidding. Hey, that's great. <laughs> What's he saying? I don't get it. Boss, he's a nutso. A half-deaf wacko. This is the cop who's been jamming my bar. Let's do the thing with the chainsaw. Let's cut him up and spread him around. So they'll know we mean business, eh? It's like a message, kind of. Sally, Sally, uh, maybe uh, the word spreads that Dead Eye Al has got this crazy shuffle working for him. Hmm? People fall in line, eh? Yeah, you know, now I'm out by the beach. A leg up by Mulholland. You know, mock my territory. Do a, a blood ritual. The lion of devastation creeps only at night. What's he saying? I don't get it. Come on, Al. Let's get this cougar out of here. I would do it myself, but I can't stand the sound of the saw. Sully, uh, accompany the crazy shuffle out into the alley and form the ritualistic dismemberment. My shoes see only the graves of my enemies. That's not bad. But, but... It really is, once it does that opening thing where it, it, it does the opening thing where it introduces the antagonism between the sheriffs and the police, and then the rest of it is all about trying to get this mobster. And the thing as I was watching it this time, as I was watching it closely, I thought, what's the difference between this and any other like Stephen J. Cannell or cop show of the time? I mean... If it were a little less wacky, it might even be like Hill Street Blues or something. So it's 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 very much a standard kind of cop show 
and it's set up in the way it's do, uh, the way it does everything. But it just throws in a little wacky. It tries to make it a little goofier. It tries to make it a little wackier. You know, like with the with the seeing eye dog. This used to be a man, and, and the things like that. Just to make it go, hey, you know. And Alphabet getting like a ta- at one point when Haggerty is sitting at her desk, and Alphabet is the two dogs outside, and they attack him. And all of a sudden, you see him like up in the window, going whoa. And you know, it's it's um, however back was a professional. Um, but wacky comedy is not his thing. He handles the car chase as well. He handles the the um, scenes, a lot of scenes with running and things well. But the as far as the actual comedy goes, it's all very um, maybe too casual. Or, or here here's here's an example of a, of a moment with the comedy where I thought, oh, they got that wrong. They got they sort of got the tone or the feel or something wrong. Actually, let me give you two. One is when. And this this is weird pacing. You don't see the precinct and meet most of the characters until twenty six minutes in. So if you'd been watching the ninety minute thing, the and in the ninety minute time slot, the first half hour you wouldn't have been at a precinct. It, it's over a half an hour before you get to the precinct, which to me is strange pacing. Um, maybe it would have made more sense watching it, you know, in the ninety minute time slot after that. Maybe after the Super Bowl, if you were, you know, so excited about the game or something, you weren't fully paying attention, so they wanted to do that, so you had a half hour to cool down. But then, of course, you'd miss half of what was going on with the plot. Uh, two things. One is that whenever you see the inside of the precinct, like the camera, like pans and tracks back and forth across the the the, um, the precinct, and it's almost like a Mad Magazine kind of one of those huge panels with like a hundred things going on in it, and it's just crazy. But it's never like funny, and uh, like it it's never like certain things. I I I saw certain things. I thought, what am I? What is that? What am I looking at? What's that over there? What's the and and it's, yeah, it's not funny and it's a bit too, it's a bit too frantic, and there's, I mean, yeah, frantic can be funny, but frantic is also to 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 me one of the things that shoots comedy in the foot is is like when you're too when you're too frantic, like when there's too much running around and doing this and we're doing that and oh my gosh, what's happening? And it's like it it needs to be comedy needs to be precise. There's almost nothing precise about this. Does that mean it's not funny? No, nah, there were a couple of good laughs. There were a couple. Of, there were a couple of fun laughs, especially during the. Um, well, I don't know that I laughed, but I thought it was fun. Like during the closing scenes when they're trying to sneak the dog, when Raid and um, Price are trying to sneak the dog's dog out of Al's house, and Al kind of keeps just showing up, like in the bathroom, in the closet, wherever he is, and kind of reaches all around him and almost touches him and things like that. That's pretty nicely done. I don't know that it's particularly funny, but I think it's farcically it's nicely done. It, I mean, it was a, it was a television schedule, so they were probably shooting very quick. That's the thing when I always watch this, like like Police Academy Two, which came out before this, and Three, which came out after. I find much much funnier than this, uh, and and Police Academy. My love for the Police Academy movies is another podcast, but. I find them much funnier, and I would say that's probably because they had more time to set up gags and more time to do things and more time to. But look, look at look at look at Laurel and Hardy, some of my all-time favorites. They would just they would go on the set, you know. They'd have sometimes they'd have a script, sometimes they'd have a basic thing of what was going on. They just set it up and they work through the gags and they, and they take the the reason why they're so good, the reason why they're so funny, is because they were meticulous about getting the gags down. Last precinct, like a lot of sort of. 
uh, comedy from television around this time to me, um, and, and comedy like this, not sitcoms per se, has the feeling of kind of, we're doing this really quickly, let's hope it's funny. And most of the time, it isn't really all that funny. The The other example I wanted to give of kind of like a mistake in your comedy is the, uh, the, the blood Bloodhorn there is leaving, and you see a shot from his side, the precinct, looking at the front doors. Um, Raid has driven his motorcycle up and through the doors because he's wacky, and and um, Bloodhorn goes out the doors, and and Adam West is following him, and so Adam West, Captain uh, Captain Captain Wright, I believe it's Captain Wright. There are a lot of people in here, folks. Captain Wright uh, kind of goes up, and he kind of like tries to go by the motorcycle, and somehow he kind of half ends up on it, and then the motorcycle begins to tip over onto him, and someone rushes up and pulls it off him, and it's all done in one shot. And it's a little, well, it's a lot awkward, and it's not funny. And all I could, all I could think of here was something like um, that could be very funny. Doing that could be very funny, um, but the angle is wrong. We're kind of too far away, and it's too obvious that Adam West is doing some shtick. And the person who runs up to get the motorcycle away from him is quite too clearly sort of standing by, like, oh my gosh, don't let the motorcycle drop on Adam West, and and it and. Here's the here's the kicker. It too much too. It looks like he might get hurt, and that that's the thing. Sort of with with comedy. I was gonna say um, I'm gonna call this the nail in the foot paradox. No, that's not right. Nail in the foot. Yeah, let's call it that. Now I don't know for certain, but I'm fairly sure there is a Laurel and Hardy short, or maybe another short from from the 20s 30s, where someone steps on a nail. And I'm almost certain when someone steps on a nail there, it's hilarious. In 2018, there was a film called The Quiet Place. And in that movie, I hope this isn't a spoiler, too much of a spoiler. The movie came out a long time ago, but there's a scene where a character steps on a nail. And it's one of the most painful freaking things I'd seen in the theater in ages. It was just like you see it and you go, no, no, don't. Oh, wow, wow. That's not comedy. That's like pain and ouch. When Hardy did it, or whoever it was who I'm thinking of in comedy did it, that was funny. Adam West doing this thing with the motorcycle where it kind of falls on him is halfway in between. It's not funny. It's not a, ooh, ow. It's kind of a, ooh, don't hurt Adam West. And the moment you say that, the comedy's done. And that's kind of the tone a lot of this has. Like, when when the dumpster gets picked up and Price gets dropped into the garbage truck and you see like a, a couch and a guy, well-dressed guy sitting at the couch who's the one who puts the drugs in that, the, the dump, the, that they dump off, that should be a moment where you're like, oh, wow. Or maybe you maybe even laugh. But it's shot in such a way where it's like, oh, look at that. Everything is kind of generally underwhelming except when everyone's yelling and screaming and running around. Then it's, it's not it's not overwhelming. It's just kind of, eh. Now, having said that, you may think, Dan, you really didn't like this. No, I think it's an absolutely good to very good 
sort of cop show kind of thing of this time. I mean, I mean the plot. I mean the plot is is a clever one. You know, it's like they're trying to get this gangster, and they they have to use this dog, but the dog gets switched with his dog, and they have to go get the dog. That kind of thing. Now I've simplified a lot of what's going on in the plot, but that's more or less what goes on in the plot. Um, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a pretty. I mean, uh, Mr. Canal, Mr. Lupo, they knew how to write this. I mean, Stevie J. Canal, friggin' uh, Rockford Files, man. One of the one of the the best shows ever. Maybe the best detective show. Maybe the best detective show. I'm probably not the best. The best, but one of the best friggin' detective shows ever. I have it on Blu-ray. It's one of those shows. Actually, I probably have like a dozen of them that I'm constantly watching in some way. Right now, I am. Oh, I'm on um, The Man Who Got Eaten by an Alligator or something like that from Season 5, the 90-minute episode. I got it on blue. I love it. It looks gorgeous. Thank you, Mill Creek. So that's that's Stephen Jacob and Cobra, which we loved. So Last Precinct, to me, if you go into it expecting to laugh and laugh and laugh, you are going to spend about 73 minutes of your time not really laughing. If you go into it expecting a pretty decent cop show from the mid-80s that throws some wacky in and occasionally is amusing and occasionally there'll be a laugh or two if you treat it in that fashion then it's great there's a there's just a bit too i mean like i find rockford at its at its best rockford is exciting and it's it's tense and it's interesting and it's dramatic and it could also be very funny you know cobra had moments where it was very funny i th- i think the thing with last precinct is everyone has been told we're making this funny comedy ahoy and everyone's a lot of them are kind of overselling i mean probably the funniest person in here is rick dukeman uh who has some who does genuinely have some pretty darn amusing moments in this and i like i like al i think al's pretty good as the blind mobster i think he's got some good moments um but uh let me just before i wrap this up I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to go on forever about this. Um, do, uh, uh, again, should you watch this? Shouldn't you? You know what? If you like Stephen J. Canal shows, this is a this is better than Great Amer- Greatest American Hero, but it's not um, it's not Rockford. And if you go into it expecting now, if you think Police Academy is horribly unfunny, and if you think anything like Police Squad or that is horribly unfunny. And like I said, there's not much police squad in this. There are a few. We'll get later as as the series actually airs proper. They do more goofy uh, Zucker Abram Zucker style things. But these just have moments here and there. But yeah, if if you think Police Academy is garbage, then you probably shouldn't watch this because if you think Police Academy is unfunny, then maybe you'll find this to be the funniest thing you've ever seen. I doubt it. This will probably drive you up the wall. But if you look at it as a pretty decent cop TV movie with some humor in it. I mean, well, a lot of humor, a lot of which doesn't really sort of hit. But if you look at it as a a decent, well-put-together, 90-minute comedy-ish cop movie, I think you'll come away enjoying it. I mean, I did, to be honest, by the end there's a car chase in the end and that's one of the tricky things too like the police academy ends with a big riot police academy and uh, two ends with the fight with the gang in the la zoo three is the water skiing four is all kinds of different things and then the freaking hot air balloon airplane thing which is incredible um then five is that those spinny propellery everglades boat things 
and then six is the great. I I won't keep going on, but but to end it with a car chase is almost to me is almost like a cop out. Oh, it's a car chase. Okay, well I love a car chase, but I I thought there should be something more. If you want to emulate Police Academy, do something. I mean, the riot scene in in you know, calm down, don't panic, just give me your location. Passing you now, sir. It's so good. Um, uh, I was trying to think of some other lines, but um, you know, you know, um. This is our furniture. Is that was that? Uh, it's so good. This is just like it's a fun car chase, but it's nothing spectacular. Um, but I think there are enough points in it. I mean, Mel is gorgeous. Um, I guess we can debate the the treatment of of uh, transsexuals in later episodes here. But um, Mel is just kind of treated as one of the guys who now happens to be a really hot woman, and who can be you know they can ask to have her strip on occasion because the the thing and then i'll wrap it up the 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 sort of thing they used to try to distract alan all his gang is he's up in like the hollywood hills somewhere and they they drive um a big like um a big car with a platform with the king on it singing all shook up and things like that mel's dancing around and the uh it's and and bunch of the guys from the precinct are on the band and they're and just to distract them noise wise but then when the guys come up, uh, the get- goons come up and basically say, hey, you keep singing, we'll kill you. Uh, Mel goes into a strip tease. And frankly, Mel looks fantastic. Uh, if you've seen Man With Two Brains, you know she looks fantastic. But having said that, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to mention. Let me let me look at my notes. That's about it. I, I found one more um, sort of Zucker Abram, Zuckery style moment, which is when Al climbs in bed with his lady friend and she's smoking... And then I forget whether he starts smoking it up, and then the camera pans down, and Price and Waldo are under the bed, and they're both smoking. So I, you know, it's, it's just kind of a fun moment. So, yeah, last precinct TV movie. Um, to be honest, I got about halfway into it, and it's, it's, it's. I was enjoying it, but it's sort of so overly loud at times, and like, hey, we're doing this, aren't we wacky? I, I really wish I could remember what folks thought of it when it aired. I mean, I imagine it had really big ratings because most of those uh, most of those uh, post Super Bowl things did. But yeah, I'd love to know on this because it just feels it feels like that's do Police Academy made by people who I hate to say it maybe hadn't seen Police Academy and we're like oh we just got to make it wacky oh like Animal House okay so they do a they wrote maybe they even pulled an old script out of the drawer it was like okay we're gonna do this script but we're gonna make it wacky that's the last precinct folks all right I did check it out here now it's last precinct January 2686 after the 20th Super Bowl 39.7 million viewers that's pretty darn good 25 percent share that's 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 pretty good i mean that's pretty good i mean it's a show won't get anywhere near that anytime soon i mean that doesn't look like it's at that time period it looks a little low for lead out shows but um having just watched it i can see why it might have been a little low for lead out shows but i'm gonna wrap this up now and yeah, so so folks, uh, when we return with episode sixty-two, which will be soon, we're gonna be talking last precinct. Didn't have a lot of episodes. We're gonna hop now from let's see, like I said, this aired in January. We're gonna hop to April of eighty-six. Oh boy, you know, you know, a network really has a lot of faith in a show when they begin it in April. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
Oh, poor Last Precinct. Yeah. Oh gosh, I remember that. I remember when this was on. Yeah, I was. I um. Yeah, I was. I was. No, I wasn't thirteen yet. I was twelve, and at the end of it, I think I was thirteen. But yeah, this was in this was in that time period. There was like a two to three year period where I taped everything, I I could, you know, if I had tapes, and I was taping Doctor Who and Green Acres regularly. But I tried to tape as many shows as I could, things like The Charmings and Sledgehammer and Shadow Chasers and um, uh, Life with Lucy. And this this was one of those shows I remember recording. Um, but it kind of went off the air so quickly. Uh, it was like when, and I'll, I'll stop, I'm sorry. Uh, but it was like when I was recording these shows, you never knew how long they were going to last. You hoped they'd last forever. And so I'm recording Last Precinct. And, so, and, and for the period of time it's on, and I won't say how many episodes right now. You can look it up. I'll keep it a surprise for when we dive in. But for the time it was on, I was so gung-ho. I was so into it. I was having so much fun watching it. I would record it. I watched it a few days. I would record it. And then it was gone. And suddenly, six months later, it's like, oh, yeah, Last Precinct. Do I want to keep that? Nah. And I taped over it. But now I have copies of it, so that's cool. Hooray for me. And all the beautiful things I do. Hooray for me. And all the beautiful things I do. All right. Thank you for listening to this Minnesota, everyone. The Last Precinct TV movie from January 1986. We will be back. The show will be back soon, unless you're listening long after it came back. Then you're saying, yeah, you did come back. Uh, We'll come back with episode 62, where we will be discussing episode 18 of Bourbon Street Beat. Episode 1, as aired, of uh, Last Precinct, The Gorilla Graham. And episode 1 of... I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Dan. This is the NBC Television Network.